welcome back to the Out of Office podcast. I've got a bit of a different episode for you this week. Um, so I'm sharing the audio of an online event that I hosted with Jess Berry from the Coworking Club. We talk about loads of things that you need to know before you make the leap. We talk about mental health, we talk about getting your first clients, um, how we fell into freelancing. So it's a really interesting chat um, and I hope you like it. So apart from writing books, I am a freelance writer. Um, I host writing courses and workshops. So if you're looking to get into writing as a career or just for fun, I have lots of workshops that um, might be of interest to you. And yeah, I think that's that's it about me. My freelance journey is that I started as a blogger and it was very much mental health blogging was my niche even though I didn't know I had a niche at the time uh, and I my in my past life I worked in catering hospitality so I did a degree in music then I uh, fell into a job in hospitality management working in c- coffee shops and um, tourist attractions in Scotland did that for about 10 years had a mental breakdown started a blog became a freelance writer so if you think you're in an industry that you, you're like, oh my God, I've got no idea how I would go freelance in this industry. I need to pivot into a new industry. I'm here to tell you that it can be done. <laughs> and you don't need to have a mental breakdown in the middle for it to happen. <laughs> so Jess, do you want to tell us a bit about your, um, about the co-working club and why you set it up? Yeah, definitely. So to start with, also love the book, Fee. Oh, love thanks. it. It's definitely, <laughs> like you said, you can dip in and out of it. And even though, I'd been uh, freelancing for like three years when it came out. I still very much have been kind of dipping in and out, like choosing the chapters as and when they're applicable. So yes, can definitely vouch for how useful it is. But yeah, I'm Jess. If you don't know me already, I am the founder of The Coworking Club, which is a supportive community for female business owners who are looking to add more connection into the working week. So we have an online membership, which I launched over the past year due to lockdown. Um, and we also do co-working meetups and events when they're possible. So that's how I originally started pre-COVID doing local meetups in Nottingham, which is where I'm based. Um, and during lockdown, obviously pivoted to an online membership. So I went self-employed back in December 2017, so coming up to four years ago now. And at that time, I was working as a social media manager um, and my business has kind of naturally evolved over the past four years. So, and that was due to kind of the struggles and challenges that I faced whilst I was kind of getting to grips with working from home. So yeah, there's been a lot of change (laughs) over the past four years. And like Fiona said as well, I studied a a degree in photography and when I graduated I went into marketing had a couple of jobs in marketing and also like Fee set up a blog and that's kind of where a lot of my business and career has kind of stemmed from as well which is interesting. Yeah and it's one of the conversations that I had actually last night in one of my writing groups who were saying like um, is there any point in starting a blog um or is, it, is the market oversaturated? I was like, no, like, like to me, like having a blog is the same as having a Instagram account. It's like, that's your space mm-hmm. to put your stamp and to have, you know, if you've got a website, then once you've done all the other pages, the blog is a place where you can really 
show your expertise and kind of get across your brand values and all that kind of stuff that, that we can talk about later. Um, but I really, I don't, I hate it when people say blogging's dead. It gets me, it makes me really sad. <laughs> yeah, in some ways it's like easier to stand out now because not as many people are putting their efforts and time into blogging. Definitely. And I think the, the co-working club, um, obviously like I interviewed Jess for Out of Office because I think when I was writing the book, which was back in 2019, there wasn't as many membership communities communities or um, like co-working communities back then. So you really were ahead of the game and setting that up. So when it comes when it came to pivoting online, you already had all your members, didn't you? You're kind of founding members in your little community there. So. Um, it's definitely like a much a much needed thing and it's one of the things that a lot of freelancers don't think about I certainly didn't think about it like I write in the book that I was like finally I'll get to be on my own all day I don't need to talk to anyone and then you realize like oh like even even if I don't feel like I want to talk to someone like you do have a a physical response to less socializing with people as we've all learned this year um working club is brilliant for anybody anybody who's side hustling or freelancing um, in the beginning of their journey or has been doing it for a long time. It's such a brilliant, um, brilliant community. So um, I did a Google, that's my new phrase, because <laughs> again, I'm a dinosaur. I did a Google and apparently, I don't know if this is true, 60 million people said that they planned to start a side hustle in 2021, which sounds mental. Um, so obviously I, I think that's a great idea. Um, but why do you think in a post-pandemic world so many people are eager to start a side hustle? Yeah, it's such an interesting question. That figure is mind-boggling, isn't it? But I think one of the big reasons maybe is down to people having this kind of want to search for purpose. I think that's quite a big word at the moment in terms of like something that a lot of us are searching for and a lot of us search for through the work that we do I think a lot of us have maybe realized that we spend a heck of a lot of time at work so it's kind of beneficial to do something that we enjoy or you know feel passionate about in some way and that's how I felt when I started up you know doing uh, freelancing on the side I was working in marketing at this time and like on paper there were really good jobs like for national brands and I'd worked really hard to get them because after graduating with a degree in photography you know it took a while to kind of move into the marketing industry so yeah on paper really great jobs enjoyed them to some level but I always felt as though I just wanted that bit more and I didn't necessarily know what more was but I guess it's that fulfillment and passion for the work that we're doing and also with kind of the rise of online businesses and you know the growth of Instagram I guess it makes it feel a lot more accessible you can set up a business from our bedrooms with just a laptop and you know it's no longer the traditional idea of starting a business where it has to be a physical product or a bricks and mortar shop I guess it's opened up the playing field uh, for a lot more people to get involved the point you're saying there about like you just want you just want more but you don't know what like I think so many people will resonate with that um they just know that they're in a, a job that they that doesn't feel right I know for me like I was in lots of jobs that didn't feel right and I just always thought it was me like I just thought oh, I'm just not 
a proper adult like I'm just rubbish like I can't I can't stick at a job um because I just go through cycles of burnout like I would work long long hours and then get burnt out and think it must be this job I have to leave and find another one then I'd find another one and then the whole thing would start over again so a lot of us definitely aren't um a good fit for the corporate kind of traditional working culture um and because of my background of having a mental illness, like I definitely felt like this this cycle can't continue, can't continue. Like I just felt like my mental health was always getting pushed to the bottom of the priority list. Like I never felt comfortable disclosing my mental health to my employers. Um, and if I did, like I, I felt like they kind of gave me a bit of lip service. And then when I actually told them what I needed, I didn't actually get it. Um, so for to me, I felt kind of kind of like backed into a corner of well if nobody else is going to give me the, the flexibility that I need, then I'm going to have to make it for myself. Um, because although freelance does come with lots of other stresses and different stresses, for me, the flexibility to take a day off and take a mental health day or work from bed <laughs> is such a, just such a valuable thing to me because working in a customer facing environment if I was having a bad mental health day, it was really hard to go into work and do my job whilst managing that kind of sadness. Whereas I feel like I feel like with writing, I can be sad and still write <laughs> write quite well. Um, but yeah, I couldn't really put on a brave face for customers. I find that really difficult. When I when I did the research for out of office, it lots of people said chronic illness and they felt like um, traditional employment was not set up for them, um, and especially a lot of women um, who wanted to have family felt like it was the only way that they could have it all <laughs> was to give themselves that that autonomy and that flexibility and I think that's again what this year has taught us is that you can manage your own time and you can be at home and you can be away from an employer and you can still do the job and I think that's what a lot of people want they don't necessarily want to work for themselves but they want the autonomy that comes with that and they want the freedom to say well I'm going to stop work at 11 and go around and visit my mum or I'm going to go to the gym or whatever so that's that's what I love is the, the flexibility and the freedom. So when you started going freelance what were the first steps that you took to go freelance did it happen by accident or was it Kate were you did you have a plan like how did it all come about for you? Yeah I think I'd never really heard until recently the term like accidental entrepreneur not that I really call myself an entrepreneur but um yeah it was a very different first steps into freelancing I think because I actually had my very first client approach me um and this was before I ever did any sort of freelance work or spoke about it at this point I literally had a lifestyle blog and an Instagram account that accompanied it so that was kind of my only presence online and although it was only four years ago I honestly feel like it was a completely different world <laughs> mm. to the world it is now so I'm not sure how useful this advice is going to be but um yeah so I had my first freelancing client approach me we were contacts from a previous role um, and she just got in touch and asked if I'd like be interested in in helping her out with uh, some of the bits behind the scenes she was an interior blogger and she was reaching this point where she needed a bit of help with admin and social media so I decided to say yes because at this point I was 
listening to a lot of uh, female like entrepreneurial podcasts and was really inspired but I just didn't know where I fit into the whole kind of business world I didn't really see what it was that I was gonna do so I guess just looking at like that was my initial starting point essentially doing kind of VA and social media management work for an interior blogger and now you know I have founded a female business community and you know do mentorship and things like that it's absolutely worlds away so I think my big takeaway to share from that is you know I didn't necessarily sit down one day and decide this is what I want to do and draw a business plan out you know it was a very natural progression that came about from several experiences so if you're struggling to come up with you know the perfect business idea and you feel like you're racking your brain of what you could do or you're kind of putting off taking action because things aren't perfect yet I would just advise you to like just start just start somewhere with what you have like whatever that might be and I'm sure that it will evolve over time and it's actually through taking that action and you know doing the things that you find your way and like you'll just find that things kind of naturally evolve and um, I'm sure with you as well you know the freelance work that you've done has kind of led you to find your own passions to now the point where you have courses and uh, group programs and things like that so yeah I think just start <laughs> yeah opinion. I know it's, it's so easy like I remember I was in your position as, as the exact same listening religiously to um, Emma Gannon's podcast control yeah. delete every week listening to all these inspiring women saying like I don't know why you're asking me for advice I don't know I don't know what the advice is and they'd all say just start you just have to take those small steps and I'm sitting there going but it's different for you because you like you've had x y and z blah 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 when really um, it's all true and I'm the same I'm that person now saying like you just have to like take those first baby steps doesn't matter ma- matter in what direction mm-hmm. um because that is the that's just the amazing like the best thing about freelancing is that if you do something for six months and you hate it you can sack it and then go well, I'm not going to do that anymore like you think oh my god everyone's my audience is going to freak out if I change if I change direction which you have just done recently just like kind of rebranded your personal account nobody goes oh my god no no like not as many people pay attention as you think like if you look back at all the different things I've done like I was known for being a mental health blogger and then I did social media management I made mental health zines little like physical zines I made t-shirts at one point I did real life events um and then yeah, I was writing books and I was doing um, helping people with Pinterest. Like I was a virtual assistant, <laughs> like I've done so many things. And that's the great thing about freelance is that you can dip your toe in all these different things and figure out what works along the way and almost kind of just like build your own little shop of like, oh, I tried that, uh, but I don't like that. You know, I did it for a month, it's not for me. And just try all these different things and build up your little collection of offerings it's kind of I think that is the thing that that you that we think or that you're kind of saying where you're in that job and you're missing something like you're probably missing lots of things and freelancing gives you the opportunity to pick pick and choose and kind of create your own little customized shop um and that's uh, that's why I just love it I think that's the benefit with being like at the beginning of the journey as well like it can feel disheartening I suppose to you know feel like you're just getting started and you're not where maybe you want to be or but that's kind of the benefit as well you know you've not got 
hundreds or thousands of people looking at what you're doing you know you have that time to experiment try different things and you know yeah like you said not everyone is watching your every move mm -hmm. so you can do you know I've done lots of mini pivots over the over the years you know gone from lifestyle blogger and people following me for that purpose to now what I'm doing at the moment so yeah, yeah. if you go back to my first blog post it was like flapjack recipe my favorite blonde shampoos my new Nivea moisturizer yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite leg workout like it's such a mishmash but it's kind of like that newspaper thing of like it's yesterday's news like it's people don't don't read that stuff they read the new stuff and I think like my first steps were quite similar and that I set up a blog just as a hobby like I genuinely didn't think in a million years I'd ever be paid to write I thought I'll start this blog and if I'm and this was back in 2013 um, that was like kind of the Zoella days so I thought you know best case scenario maybe I'll get like set some free products or I will get you know some sponsorship um, on my blog that'd be great if I could just make money that way and I did that for a few years just for fun and I didn't tell anyone about it in the beginning um, and then I just slowly started setting up my Instagram my Facebook and then Twitter and like sharing my blog posts and, and you know eventually getting comments and feedback and stuff like that and similar to you it was someone approached me it was my at the time my husband's boss um who owned a video production company they were like oh we need somebody to help us with our blog would you want to write a blog post every month and then over the years that graduated to will you manage um, a twitter account will you do email marketing so all these little things got added on um and i think the the thing i guess it's kind of similar or the key takeaway from both your experience and mine is that we didn't wait for we didn't go out to clients and say like can can we work for you without having any proof like we kind of created that proof and created that kind of body of work before and then the people came to us so I think that's that's a really good takeaway is that a lot of people think too much about how am I going to get clients before they actually just create a space that shows what they do so, and that can be as simple as an Instagram account or um, a simple website or a blog so whatever your side hustle is like I would say start documenting that and putting it somewhere online so that um, you can show it to people because there's nothing worse than you know sitting in the hairdresser and you're having a conversation and you find out that the person next to you needs exactly what you are offering and they'd be happy to take on a beginner and they would, they would but they've got a budget to pay you and then they say can I see some of your work and you don't have anything to show them so I think having a website or an Instagram account or something to show people um is the first step so um we spoke about it briefly there about you kind of pivoting um because you you have got the co-working club but you've also got your personal um, website and your personal blog which is where it all started so how important do you think it is to have a personal brand when you go freelancing um, and why did you decide to keep the co-working club separate from the Jess Berry brand? Yeah so I think having that personal brand has been really beneficial for me and I don't think I would be where I am today without it because over the years you know despite me doing different things throughout that time and all of those mini pivots that I just spoke about you know I've built up that following on that account and I guess those people there are kind of bought into me as a person like me sharing my journey and the experiences and you know that went from yeah lifestyle blogger to I just started to 
share you know my freelancing journey then I started you know start started sharing more business advice and things like that to recently where I'm sharing kind of specifically work from home kind of well-being um expertise and advice on there and I guess it is you know not everyone who follows me is going to have been interested in each of those parts of my life but you know a lot of the time people just say oh I, I I'm interested in seeing what you do you know whatever it might be um, and I think when it came to founding the co-working club I did start by just simply sharing on my own account but I, it started to feel as though it was maybe clashing in some way despite it you know being really aligned to what I talk about and do I just felt like it needed its own identity if I was to you know make it into a real kind of business so that's why I decided to set up a separate Instagram account and separate website for the co-working club and despite you know that brand being super personal friendly and approachable as well I think there's just something about me having my own account and very recently um, when you spoke about making the most recent pivot that I did you know I thought about do I just throw in the towel and just accept that this account is done you know just get rid of it and just have the co-working club because managing two accounts is a lot Mm. (laughs) Um, and at some points I felt a bit directionless with my own personal brand account Um, but I just think there is something about you know being able to share a little bit more personally you know a little bit more vulnerability maybe and I would say you know on my personal account I would probably share the process more you know if I was going through a challenge or a struggle whereas like the co-working club maybe I would save until I'd been through that process you know to share the end result and the message and the takeaway and so I guess there's like very subtle differences but with the personal account it feels like I can really connect with people like one-on-one I guess. Mm. It's really interesting because I've had a lot of people ask me like when I'm starting up like my my business like should I have a name like should the business have a name and I think I just didn't really think about it in the beginning and literally I'm just self-employed as Fiona Thomas that's it although my website is still Fiona likes to blog which is the but I think that'll always be true I always like to blog so um but yeah I just I just used my name and I always think it's easier just to start with your name and then you can always you can always adapt it and change it further down the line um and I think the 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 strength that we have as freelancers as a company of one is that we are the face of the brand and I don't mean that in the way that you always have to have your face out there I just mean that no one no one can be you you are the unique thing about your business so whether you've got like whether you're doing emails with like a two-year-old on your lap or you're taking phone calls when you're out walking with your dog or you're like when you were renovating your kitchen like that that was brilliant just to get behind the scenes um like people just love to see those little snippets whether you're writing about it on your blog or talking about it on Instagram or um, adding into your podcast or whatever your kind of marketing plan is I think letting that little bit of personality in is always always a good thing um and there's so many people that I follow on social media that I have hired or I have bought their thing based on who they are and, and the thing that they're selling might not be like totally unique it could be like a course or an ebook like like an ebook on like SEO like there's so many ebooks out there that if I've followed someone for a while and I'm invested in their journey and I know 
how they take their coffee and I know <laughs> their dog's name like I'm of course I'm going to buy from them and um, so I think like le- letting I think like personal brands makes it sound like you've got to have like a statement like color and you've got to have professional photographs like I don't think that's the case I think personal brand is just about letting your personality shine through so that people can connect with you because then they get to know what it could be like to work with you um, and they'll want to work with you based on that as well as the quality of your work um, so any tips on building a, a personal brand as I just touched on there I think being you know and as you did being authentic and honest mm. like I think we can times fall into the trap of thinking you know I need to present myself as an expert and as though I know everything within like my industry or be the fountain of all knowledge but like I think it's okay to you know share that not everything is all rainbows and roses all of the time and I think that's when I really started to connect with my audience when I showed a bit of vulnerability you know when I started to share that I was struggling with working from home because up until that point all I'd seen on Instagram and social media were people who loved working from home and, you know, would share the coffee shop dates and going to work in amazing co-working spaces and, you know, meeting up with other freelancers. And I was sat there at home thinking, <laughs> why, why is my life not like this? Like, this isn't living up to, you know, the unrealistic expectation that I had in my head. And, you know, at that point I thought am I the only one who feels like this like surely not and when I started talking about it I found out yeah I'm not the only one who struggles with this Mm -hmm. other people could resonate with what I was talking about and that just really helped me to kind of connect with my audience I suppose and also you know on that topic like just sharing valuable content that your ideal clients and customers can really resonate with so you know with the co-working club it's talking about those you know work from home problems that we all have and people will be like yes I have that all the time and you know can really just be like oh my gosh you're in my brain you've on my level (laughs) yeah I think all that comes down to as well like thinking about your your dream kind of client as well and I know it can be hard when you're first starting out like I was like I just want any clients I don't care if they're nice or dreamy I just want anyone um but I think like it can be really helpful just to think about like what kind of person would you like to work with not necessarily the industry but you know what 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 have your good bosses been like because really your clients are kind of going to be like your boss um so what have your the favorite bosses or supervisors that you've had like because I there's a really good book called book yourself solid and there's a bit in there about clients kind of creating a client profile and then mine was about I want I want to work with women, I want to work with creative people, I want to work with um, clients who won't micromanage me, people who respect my time, so all that kind of stuff can be really good for um, figuring out, well that's what I value in a client, so if I put those values out there in my branding and on my website and on my social media, then you should attract people who value that kind of stuff as well, so if you're stuck for content that's quite a good exercise. Yeah, exactly. I think in the beginning, you can be worried about identifying your ideal client and maybe like niching down because it means excluding people potentially. And like you said, you want as many clients or like as much interest as possible. But I think, you know, by speaking to everyone, you speak to no one and actually by honing in and thinking, who is it that I'm talking to? How I how can I appeal to them? That's when things start to click. Mm hmm. 
So going back to when you were, um, when you got your first client, did you do that on the side of your full-time job then? Yes, so I was working full-time at that point and doing the blog and then started doing freelance work as well. And did you tell your employer at the time? <laughs> like, no, because I really hated who I was working for at that point. Mm. That's very strong. I disliked my job a lot um, and really didn't communicate with anyone at that point so wouldn't feel the need to tell people um and then when I changed jobs quite soon after I think I might have just mentioned it in my interview or you know like reference to it as though like oh and I do this on the side or like mm -hmm. I have contact she might be really good for the company um so I think they're aware of it in that sense and now I see so many people you know thinking about this in a lot more detail and you know thinking whether they can actually start up freelancing whilst they're in a full-time job and yeah I, I really didn't give it a lot of consideration yeah. I think like the research that I did when I was writing the book was basically check your contract um mm -hmm. and it's probably if it's if it's somebody within your industry then there might be a bit of um, overlap because you could be like obviously like you would never want to take a client away from the employer that you work with and um, so just always check your contract um, and make sure that you can actually work on the side and I what I did was because um, a lot I think we're talking about you know making the leap and when is when does it feel good enough to make the leap and should I just chuck you know quit my job and just <laughs> sit at my desk day one and try and find some clients I would say no don't do that um, as much as possible try and to mitigate that risk and that financial anxiety if you're in employment stay in employment and try and build up at least your freelance brand on the side and then try and get some clients in as well and um, so that it gets to the point where hopefully you're confident enough that you've got like you know three or four clients that will cover your baseline bills um, an ideal situation the way that I did it was I then tapered down my working hours and um, so I was working five days a week and then I got that down to four days a week and then I think I got it down to three days I think I went to ask for three days and he was like, like no <laughs> um, and at that point I was really scared because I was like I, I really didn't think that I could go I could make the leap I thought I, I can't do this um, I, I'm not really making enough money to to feel confident doing it and I think that's the thing is that you never feel ready but looking at the numbers I got my husband to look at the number and I was like this is how much I'm making you know based on just two days a week does it make sense that if I have a full week to myself to now find new clients that I would be able to do this um, and I just had to kind of take that leap of faith but I always knew in the background that um, if worst comes to worst if I get a month and I know there's no money coming in I will, I will go and find another job I'll go back to waitressing and I'll go and work in a coffee shop um, and I was completely prepared to do that um, but luckily I didn't ever have to. Um, but yeah I think as, and there, I do talk about this in out of office like how to approach your employer to, to ask for flexible working because um, I know when I wrote the book it was much harder but I feel like now there would definitely be um, there would definitely be scope to do that now that remote working is much more accepted as the norm thank goodness so we thought we could give people some really good examples of how we got our clients like how we got our first clients and um, because that's the thing I get asked a lot is you know in the beginning that's all you want to know is how do I get clients how do I get people to pay for what I do so I thought we could give as many examples as we possibly can because it's never like I don't know about you but I never had like a a foolproof system <laughs> like all my clients came from different avenues and different areas so yeah have you got any any tips that you can share 
Yeah, so I guess mine mainly revolve around connections and making as many connections and building relationships as much as possible because as I mentioned before my first ever client came from um, a a connection I'd made in a previous role and you know at the time I didn't really think I'd made that much of an impression on her like she wasn't someone I worked with day to day or anything like that Um, but she reached out to me and asked if I you know would like to help her out and you know be involved with her business which is like yeah, it's quite humbling, really, that she thought of me in that time. So you never know when connections are going to, you know, come back around and help you out. Or the most valuable thing for me has always been word of mouth recommendations, because after starting working with that first client and doing a good job and, you know, providing a good service for her, she was super happy to recommend me like wherever she could. And she became like my biggest cheerleader. She would like spread my name around in like the Facebook group she was in and that was the reason that I was able to go full-time pretty much due to her so yeah never know kind of what's going to happen so try and build you know connections and relationships. I think that's really reassuring because nowadays everybody like the kind of all the gurus tell us that you've got to have like um, you know, four blog posts every month, you've got to have an email sequence, you've got to be running Facebook ads, um, you've got to have your own Facebook group, you've got to have X amount of followers on Instagram. But actually, like, if your rates are, you know, sensible, and you've thought about them properly, which again, you can learn about in out of office how to set your rates, um, you don't need a ton of clients to make enough money to pay your bills every month um so you you could have ten thousand followers but you it doesn't matter if you don't have 10 clients <laughs> do you know what I mean so um so word of mouth can be so powerful because I know like we've just moved to a new area and then um, we like are far too lazy to do anything ourselves so we're like we need a handyman to put up <laughs> well say lazy we're just not proper adults we need somebody to put up the curtain veil we need, want somebody to cut the grass um, need somebody to clean the windows and it's like you go into a Facebook group and you ask for a recommendation and you see who says the name whose name do they say the most mm-hmm. um, because a lot of the time you just don't know from looking at someone's website and um, so yeah I think that's really reassuring that actually word of mouth can be more powerful than having the perfect Instagram profile oh my gosh yeah it's the main reason I was able to build a business and you know outside of that one person like recommending me as well I picked up quite a few clients from attending like local networking events when we were able to do that obviously and you know a lot of people probably don't find that very appealing because you're kind of putting yourself out there and oh do you have to be salesy but I chose the events I went to very carefully you know I knew that uh, my ideal client was going to be there so like uh, female business owners like solopreneurs um, and I got quite a bit of work from that from you know at the time like dreamy ideal clients um, and also I see it replicated now with the co-working club community as well because members are just you know so keen to recommend each other for jobs you know there's not that element of competition even if people are from similar industries so for example if a social media manager you know gets an inquiry but is fully booked or maybe the client isn't aligned with them they'll put it straight in the slack channel that we have and be like I've had this inquiry it's not quite suitable for me does anyone is anyone interested 
And, you know, I've seen members pick up like thousands of pounds of work from either one another um, directly or recommendations and referrals as well. So it really just shows like the power of connections and community. Mm -hmm. And I think personally, like that's usually the turning point in a lot of businesses when they start to network and and build those relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think like providing value in that situation is always the like like instead of like I have literally been to a networking event where like in real life where somebody came with their portfolio and went round the circle and opened up their portfolio and said here's all the things that I've done and I was like oh my god whereas actually you just want like the person I would have hired with the person that came up to me and said like I like your shirt or like um can I get you another drink like do you know what I mean like talking to people human to human is like such a better way to build relationships I think um and if you are in these Facebook groups or in these online communities like answering people's questions and um, genuinely being helpful and supportive to each other and I bet you get in the co-working club people hiring each other as well Mm -hmm. yeah definitely like I've seen that a lot of times in terms of you know people looking for help with social media management or VA or like graphic designers get a Mm -hmm. lot of work people just go straight there first as opposed to anywhere else because we kind of trust each other and you know we yeah. know everyone is kind of on the same page who's part of the community so yeah. you'd rather spend in your money you know amongst people um in the club first rather than taking it elsewhere I've also got um I always read this bit out there's a um, section in out of office where I did <laughs> I did a tweet I did a tweet uh when I was writing the book and asked people like tell me how you got your first freelance client and there were so many good ones like this big massive thread that I put I put some of them in the book because some of them are brilliant and I think it just proves that they are random so whereas that might that might sound scary because there isn't a foolproof system um I do think it, it just makes it more fun and should give you the confidence to just talk a bit more about what you do so this, this um, Charlie says, I was a painter and decorator, broke my back, started planning a photo calendar from my hospital bed, suggested it to me, sold 350 in six weeks, which paid the mortgage for nearly two months. And I became a full-time photographer and videographer from then on. Brilliant. Just decided to do it from his, from his hospital bed. Also got somebody put a poster to design their wedding dress with those little tabs uh, at the bottom. And Charlotte took one and designed this woman's wedding dress. Uh, and this is a good one as well. I broke my ankle the, the week I became a freelancer. After a few days of struggling with crutches, I went online and found a hands-free crutch. It was so amazing that I contacted the CEO to say that more people needed to know about it. He was my first client and I still work with him. So that's that's a bit about like you know cold calling as well I guess and like kind of doing that cold emailing which I always said like oh I've never done it but actually I definitely have because that's how I got my first um commission for Happyful magazine because uh, I was looking for magazines to write for and I saw this one called Happyful I think it was only on about issue two or three and I just kind of did a bit of snooping and found out the editor's name and sent her a DM on Twitter. And Twitter's great for that. Um, lots of journals and editors do respond to their DMs. Um, and I just sent her a message and said, are you looking for writers? And she said, yes. And luckily by that point, I had again, I had that proof because I'd built up my blog and it was all mental health focused. 
um, and I had written for, um, I'd been approached to write for Heads Together in Mind at that point for free, might I add. That was some free work that I did, um, which I think is quite good in the beginning. And yeah, she, she got back to me and and I, I have had an ongoing with relationship with Happy Full Magazine. I've written for them so much. They've helped promote my books. Um, so if I always think like sending an email or a DM is so much easier than approaching somebody in real life. So just have the balls to just click send or like ask someone else to hit the send button for you because you don't have to you don't have to see the rejection in someone's face. You just have to read the email. So I was like, why not just send it? Yeah, and I think you have to get used to a bit of rejection as a freelancer and business owner, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you, I think you kind of have to welcome it and just say that like the more times you're rejected, it's just proof that you're trying. And I know that's really hard. Um, but if you've never been rejected, then it means you've never really pushed out of your comfort zone. Um, I thought we could talk just a little bit about mental health and how you you said you really struggled with loneliness when you started freelancing. Mm-hmm. Um and the co-working club helped with that. But obviously in the last year, we've had to stay home. There's not been as much real life socialising. So what have you been doing over the past year or so to manage your mental health? Yeah, so I've picked up over the past few years, like some non-negotiables that I've added into my day. So I'll give you a list of some of them. So Mm -hmm. I always get showered and dressed in like an inverted commas normal clothes in the morning it's just always been what I've done like on the off chance I might wear like cozy stuff and like a hoodie but I tend to just get dressed as I would do if I was going into an office and I always try and get outside at least once a day because this is something that I neglected so much in the first couple of years of working from home like I'd never made the effort to go for a walk and I think you can really underestimate like the value of just getting a bit of fresh air and stretching your legs and even if you're not talking to people it's just that feeling of like I'm out in the real world like there are Mm. other people that exist (laughs) outside of my own four walls and yeah over the past year even though you know we've not really been able to have in-person connection just making that time for social interaction so whether it is like voice note in a friend or a family member or for me like chatting to the girls in the co-working club slack channel like just setting aside 15 minutes a day for connection is super important because yeah human connection is like a basic need so it can be easy to say you know it's not a priority or I've got a busy day or whatever but you know 10-15 minutes of just chatter can really help to pick up your mood and like brighten up your day so I try to make time for that mm, that's something I definitely struggle with because I, I think when I'm struggling mentally I get into a spiral of like nobody wants to know what I'm up to nobody cares like you kind of talk yourself out of it don't you if you're not feeling that good yeah and I like you and me are totally yeah, different like, a- you'll be able to tell from Instagram that I never have any makeup on I'm always in like week old jammies <laughs> and yet like I always notice that you've got your hair and makeup on like well no you're not your hair on but your hair hair done and your makeup done the nice I've on every single day and I just think like how does she do it like I cannot do it like yeah I think part of my mental health plan is just like forgiving myself for not doing those things yeah it's totally like personal preference isn't it like how you feel best and like tapping into that because I tried the whole like yeah not you know not put makeup on but I just found that it didn't make me feel good so I think yeah like you said realizing reflecting on what does make you feel good what doesn't make you feel good and adding that into your day 
Yeah, absolutely. Jess, thank you so much for giving us your time tonight. Did you want to tell people um, how they can work with you, where they can find you, how they can join the co-working club? Yeah, so you can come and follow us over on Instagram at the co-working club. The first O is a zero. Um, or come over to the website. It's just thecoworkingclub.co.uk. You can also follow me, my personal more personal account at uh, work from Jess um, it's WFH with Jess yeah and you offer work from home mentoring don't you to help people be their best when they work from home yes so I am mid pivot currently working on some new services and packages which I will hopefully be able to launch soon brilliant amazing um and yeah if you want the your go-to guide for freelancing then out of office is the one for you um it's available everywhere on Amazon on bookshop you can get it in paperback you can get it in kindle um you can also get the audiobook um if you don't use audible already sign up to audible um your first book is free and then you can cancel your subscription if you don't want it so you can literally get the audiobook for free which I'll always think is a nice little hack happy freelancing and we'll see you see you in the freelancing world <laughs> bye